Homestyle Green, episode 159. Let's be honest, most houses, we don't really know how well they're going to perform until we actually get to live inside them. And even then, we probably have to spend a whole winter and a summer in them to, uh, to see how it all goes. But there is a way to build a house in a predictable and absolutely measurable way. This week, I talked to Daryl Singh, who uh, tells us how. I met Daryl Singh at the Expert Tour earlier this year, and he's such a humble guy, um, and he happened to mention that he was a certified passive house designer. Now, this sounds like a simple statement, but it actually puts Daryl in a very small but growing number of designers in New Zealand and the passive house uh, qualification is known to be extremely hard to pass it has a pass rate of about 50 percent and uh, we're talking engineers and, and architects here who yeah, probably done a few exams in their in their lifetime and they say it's one of the hardest that they have done so to get someone who's gone through all that because and the reason Daryl gave me was a few of his clients were starting to ask about Passive House. It says to me that there's something special about Daryl and I wanted to find out more. Before we get into that, I just want to do a quick shout out to ProClimber who are the supporters of this show. Couldn't do it without them and you probably can't build a very good house without them either. If you are interested in doing a high performance house and you want uh, and you do want air tightness and good vapor control, then I highly recommend chatting to the guys at ProClimber. All friendly, very very uh, knowledgeable about their product and great service. So give them a call. You can find them at proclimber.co.nz or proclimber.com.au. Now I started out by asking Daryl why he does what he does. Good question, isn't it? What, it is. what, why, why am I doing architecture? Yeah, um, I think... Really, uh, I've been brought up in a family of creatives. Yeah. And um, my father's an architect. Right. And um, and uh, I'm kind of surrounded by that sort of aesthetic. Yeah. From a very young age, so um, really, I it was just something I almost naturally went into. Yeah. Um, I I actually did have to think about it quite a lot. Um, yeah. I actually was quite good as well as. Being a bit creative, well, I was quite good at sciences. Yeah. And maths. But that's the nice thing about architecture, isn't mm. it? Because it's this crossover between that artistic side, but it's technical. As yes, well. that's right. So, so I actually went off and decided um, I actually would do an engineering degree. Yeah. So I actually qualified as an engineer. Oh, very good. First, um, as, as a materials engineer. Right. Um, and then I worked for a couple of years and I thought, really, I, I, I really want to be in that space where I'm dealing with uh, buildings yeah. uh, for families, uh, businesses where they really care about their spaces. Yeah, so and four years of engineering and then yes. go, what, then face going back to training for another five years? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was uh, four years uh, of um, engineering degree. Then I yeah. worked for two years Yeah. and then I decided, hmm, Maybe I shouldn't be doing architecture after all. Wow. And then so I went back for, actually got three years because I got some cross-credit. Right, right. So I went back and did my architecture degree. and Yeah. Yeah. And then did a bit of travelling and here I am back yeah. in New Zealand. Excellent. I haven't yeah. looked back. So recently you've got into Passive House. Mm. Um, why is that? 
I think um, a lot of our clients have been um, demanding or wanting um, buildings that are more sustainable. Yeah. I think you know that growing sector of the market um, has been emerging over the last several years. Yeah. And particularly in the, the sector of the market we we love working in is that mid to up end. Yeah. Uh, and so people are willing to invest more in their properties to get them more sustainable so they use, you know, less resources. Right. So um, I've always had that we've had the demand from our clients mm -hmm. and also um, I guess I've been involved in that uh, sustainable environmental yeah. um, field for a while just because we've been um, involved with the local school, the Rudolf Steiner School, yes. and that whole community is very uh, much into sustainability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they have a, they have the, probably the best school fair in Auckland, I would say. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, their school fairs are wonderful. Yeah. Um, so, so it's kind of been that whole history over 15, 20 years almost involved in that community and just yeah, bringing right. that into our architecture. Which is quite leading because that 20 years ago not mm. everyone was really, it wasn't that cool to be sustainable. Mm, that's right. In, the, in residential design, what mm. does it mean to be sustainable? I think it's really looking at the design of the house really from the, the outset in order to maximise uh, the use of you know, your, your free resources on the site, you know, the sunlight yep. and, and natural ventilation. Yep. Um, and look at the construction of your house in, in more detail and detail yep. it so it naturally conserves energy and naturally uh, uh, uses the, the solar energy on yep. your site and the light and the sunlight and really get the building structure and the building envelope right. Yep. That's kind of that, that passive house concept where you do a lot of work to the building envelope yeah. and then if you need to add in something a bit later and a little bit of extra heating or a little bit of extra cooling then you do that but you know don't don't build a, a house with a poor envelope and then put a lot of machinery in there yeah, yeah. and use a lot of energy. When did, right. you when did you first come across Passive House? Um, I think it's been on my radar for the last few years. Mm -hmm. um, I guess also been involved in the uh, where I am with the, the local Steiner School community, been yep. involved with them for the last 20 years. Yep. Just being conscious of really being sustainable, lowering yep. your ecological footprint. Yeah. Um, and also having been exposed to the passive solar design concept um, many years ago when I was first at, at um, you know, university, you know, taking all those things in and seen how passive house could enhance the way we look at all that from a from a kind of more technical analytical way can you describe the difference between passive solar design mm. and mm. passive house mm. well passive solar really is how we've usually designed our buildings to take advantage of the sun mm -hmm. face your house north um, have some uh, good north glazing and some good overhangs to, to allow the sun to come in in winter where you want to warm in the house but 
that exclude the sun in the summer so you don't overheat. Mm -hmm. And then also just to have natural ventilation, cross ventilation of your house, or stack ventilation with higher windows, just to bring the cooling breezes in when you need it. Mm -hmm. So, and also to use thermal mass in your house uh, mm -hmm. to store that heat so it evens out the temperatures yeah. during the day. So, basically I guess that's passive solar design when, mm -hmm. you, when you're designing your house to take advantage of the natural. Yep the natural uh, resources that you've got. Yeah, so that's passive solar. Mm. What's passive house? Mm. Well, passive house is really, I think, it's an additional additional layer that you can put on top of passive solar design mm -hmm. where passive house looks at uh, the design of your house from a building structural point of view, I guess, a building science point of view where you're still taking advantage of all the natural resources, the sunlight and the natural ventilation, but it looks at the building envelope more carefully. Yeah. And through the use of air tightness and extra super insulation, um, creates a very good building envelope to, yeah. to trap, to, to save the heat from leaking out, to save the air from leaking out, so you yeah. don't lose all the heat that you've captured, all the energy you've captured. I heard recently with regards to passive solar, things like the stack effect mm. is actually not a good idea when you're designing to passive house because you don't want any drafts. Mm. Does that mean that the two are mutually exclusive, the passive solar design versus passive house? Um, no, I don't think so at all. I think they, they kind of support each other, mm -hmm. uh, particularly in the New Zealand environment where our... Um, um, our uh, outdoor environments reasonably mild yep um, so it, it, it enables you to open the windows and walk outside yeah you know open the doors yep. when, when the weather's good but when the weather's not so good or it's cold outside then you can close up the house and still be warm and comfortable still get adequate fresh air yeah uh, without having to open all the windows and lose all that heat yeah yeah now uh, you've got a couple of passive house projects on the go mm. at the moment, yes, uh, which is great. What do you see as being the market or the potential market here in New Zealand for passive house? Mm. I, I actually think it's it's uh, a wide open market at the moment. I think people are becoming more and more conscious of uh, really good design mm -hmm. and more more conscious of their of having to build sustainably. Yep, and, uh, and lowering their environmental footprint and just you know reducing their overall costs of energy input yeah so i think people are realizing that they need to build more than uh, what the building code requires yeah and um really do something a bit extra yeah and i think that passive house gives us the tools uh to be able to do that well um to actually measure what we're doing mm. and predict what we're doing rather than just throwing more insulation at it or you know better glazing, you know, all those things help, but being able to do that in a measured way so we're not over-specifying for our climate. Yeah. I think Passive House is really good at being able to tell us what to do. Yep. There. Yeah, I think that it sounds like that measurability mm. and, and predictability is a real key feature of Passive House. Yeah, really. Uh, and it sets it apart mm. from other ratings or sustainability ratings, mm. which are sort of design 
um, criteria really. Mm. Um, also, what, what I liked was the feedback from uh, the, the people that have been working in Passive House for yep. a while, is that their analysis software is really good at predicting actual use, energy use. Mm -hmm. And they were saying within 10%. So this is the program. Passive House planning package or PHPP? Yes, the Passive House planning package, yes. That's right. That software seems to be really good at, at giving us a picture of what's really going to happen. So now that you're a certified Passive House designer, mm. what does that mean? That, that gives me the ability to use uh, that software and to predict what's going to happen when we design a house for a, a family or design a building for a, a company mm -hmm. because um, your yeah, passive house isn't just houses, it's any sort of building, right. whether yeah. it's a yeah, family home or an office building or a school. We can apply all those things, uh, the, the analysis plus all the, the detailing to, to keep the, uh, the building weather tight and airtight and, yep. and energy efficient. Just going back to the market side of things, what do you mm. see as the main driver for those clients wanting a, a passive house or a, or a house that's going to perform slightly better? Is it comfort or is it energy efficiency, health? Why are they doing it? Um, you've probably covered all the major things there. I, I think they're doing it for all those sorts of reasons, Matthew. Mm -hmm. um, would there be a, a standout or what would be the main driver, do you think? I think prob probably the energy use is probably the one that people uh, focus on mm -hmm. primarily. Um, people like the idea of being able to get themselves to a point where they might be able to unplug themselves from the grid, mm -hmm. um, create all the energy they use on site, yep. um, and conserve that energy in their houses. Right. So I think that's probably the biggest driver. Um, com comfort also, mm. um, that's, a, that's another driver where their houses are going to be warm um, and comfortable throughout the year, whatever the weather's doing outside. And, yep. and also the, the indoor air quality is really important for people. You know, getting, yeah. getting rid of all the, the, the indoor pollutants or, or the, the things that come through when you, when you do open the window, you know, yep. getting rid of all those pollens and, and, and allergies. Because you know. theoretically these days it's getting easier and easier to offset your power consumption with things like solar panels mm. but you can't retrofit comfort and that health as easily can you so that's what passive house a good passive house design mm. will enable the house to actually look after the people properly inside it yes that's right it, it, it um, lets you focus on the, the building envelope yeah you focus on the building envelope and getting that right 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 from the beginning yeah because it's so hard to change that after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. So you've mentioned the envelope a few times. Just can you describe in your words what that actually is for someone who's never come across that term before? Mm. But the building envelope is really the the, the outside skin mm -hmm. of the building. Uh, generally, it's the walls, uh, the roof, and the floor. Mm -hmm. So be able to make those three things uh, super insulated and airtight mm -hmm. um, and weathertight. Uh, is really the, the most important thing about a passive house, and they all kind of work together. So you, you're kind of enveloped in a, in a, don't know how you explain it. Kind of like a, a, a cocoon. Yeah. Um, uh, that looks after the occupants that are inside the house. 
Where does that typically go wrong? Um, I think with, with standard building techniques, uh, that kind of goes wrong um, uh, where we're, we're not really paying attention to the thermal bridging that's going on, mm -hmm. um, where heat just leaks out yeah. uh, through the envelope around corners of windows. Uh, heat leaks out through uh, the structure that's um, not insulated yeah. um, and through just corners of floor slabs, those sorts of things that we, we haven't really paid attention to before. And so as an architect, how can you change that? Um, we can look at that detail in the way we're constructing the things mm -hmm. um, early on. Um, the passive house uh, training that we've been through um, really focuses us on those sorts of details. Right. Um, I, I was thinking the other day, it's a bit like uh, if you're trying to stop a leak or wasting water in your house. Mm -hmm. um, Occasionally you might uh, overflow the sink and you lose it, lose a bit of water. Um, but in the scheme of things, the, the little dripping tap uh, wastes a lot more water than occasionally overflowing yeah. the sink. Yeah. So it's taking care of those little things with this, where heat energy leaks out through the building envelope. Um, yep. I think that's really important. Mm. Mm. So if I'm in a someone who either owns an existing house or I'm thinking about building a new house and I know that I want something a bit better than the building code because mm. that's probably not going to look after me and keep my family as healthy as I would like them to be. Mm. What would be the, the three main tips that you would recommend? I think I'd recommend uh, firstly just to get uh, a good architect involved yep. uh, right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of those issues can be solved by paying really close attention to how your house is sited on your site. Mm -hmm. um, that orientation is really key for the sun and the natural ventilation. Yep. Um, but also really paying careful attention to uh, the layout of your house, the planning, and then the building envelope, that structure, getting that right from the beginning. Yep. In investing your resources into that to do something extra. Yep. to get that right, and that, that'll last you the long term. How does someone find a good architect? Because it's, it's probably something that somebody's only going to do once or twice mm. in their life. Yes. So um, I, mean, I imagine you do get some repeat business, but for some people it's mm. going to be uh, a one-off a one, one experience. How does someone go about finding a good one? A good architect. Mm. I think if you're working with an architect... I think you form a really close relationship with them. Yep. And if if you're working, uh, if you're doing a family home, the architect is almost going to become part of your family. Yeah. Um, because they're going to be working on that project with yep. you to create something special yep. to support what you and your family want to do. Mm -hmm. So I think you've got to get on with your architect really well, and right. you've both got to understand each other and support each other. So I think that relationship's really important. Yeah, right. Yeah. So selecting a good architect is about seeing how you can work together and seeing if you can work together well. And seeing if you, if there's a good um, relationship there, yes. if you can communicate. Yes. Yeah. I think that's really important. Um, yeah. On the other side of that, um, I think you need to select an architect that's got all the, the right skills mm. for doing that. Um, you know, architecture is... Uh, 
uh, about the creativity, but it's also about the really technical things yep. uh, to put together a building. Yep. So uh, you've got to have an architect that's good at both of those things. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, there's some building designers out there that are really good at design. Some are really good at the construction detailing side of things. But you need someone that's that can that's good at both of those areas yeah. to put together a really good building for you. And in your case, mm. having something like the Passive House software, the PHPP, mm. you've, you've got the proof there, the evidence of the technical side because you mm. can show someone those results at the design stage to see how their house is going to perform. Yes. Um, and as I understand it, that's not just the energy consumption, but they can also see what the temperature is going to be inside the home as well. Yes, that's right. They can predict the, the temperature your house is going to be at, at every month of the year so you can see yeah. see how the house is going to perform where where it might get a little bit hot or when it might get a little bit cold yeah. and um, yeah, it gives you the tools to, to really analyse that in a lot of detail. Which I think is quite exciting, particularly on, the, on the, the summer side of things mm. as well because we kind of take for granted we can turn a heater on during winter mm. to, to warm up uh, and maybe dry out but that's just as important in, in summertime as well. Mm. And does does PHPP allow you to do that? Yes, that's right. PHP allows you to analyse the house throughout the whole year. Yep. Um, and also, particularly in the design stage, it's really good because you can have a house design, it can analyse that and you say, okay, maybe that's not quite working in this end of the house or this part of the house. Let's yep. tweak that so you can change the window, yep. change the insulation, change the ventilation to... And then you can see how that works. So you can really come up with a really good design. So changes are pretty cheap early on yes, in, the, really. in the state. Yeah, in the process. Right. In the yeah. design stage, are really cheap. Hey, well, Daryl, I'm really excited that you have got some uh, passive house projects uh, mm. and demand for that. And, and uh, hopefully, I, I think you're right, it is going to grow in, uh, in this country. So if people are interested in that, where can they go to find out more about you mm. and what you're doing? Right, well, the, the first stop really is our website. Go to sangarchitects.com yep. and uh, you can see some of the projects that we're working on there. Great. And you can uh, find out a bit about our company yep. and the people in it. Yep. And uh, also how we can support you know, people that want to do great buildings and passive houses. And uh, you've got a YouTube channel up or is it on its way? Yes, we do have a YouTube channel up. We'll be adding more things to that. Um, great. Um, following up our new... Uh, website launch. Yep. So, and again, that's just uh, saying architects. If you search for saying architects, right. you'll find us on YouTube. Which is awesome because people love pictures and moving pictures even yes. better. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much, Daryl. Matthew, thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Daryl Sang. And as Daryl mentioned, you can find his website at sangarchitects. That's S A N G architects.com. And he's got some great images there of some of the work that they've been done, some beautiful houses, and uh, links to some videos in there as well. If you'd like to find out more about how to make a better place to live, then you can contact me, Matthew, at homestylegreen.com. I'd love to see if I can help you out. I've got a few um, different services going at the moment, and if you're wanting to know what's best for you, then just drop me an email, matthew at homestylegreen.com or you can give us a call and all the contact details are on the website. 
You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook too. And if you have enjoyed this and you do get something out of the show, I'd love it if you went over to iTunes, left a quick review or rating over there. It really helps us out and uh, spreads the word. Thank you very much for listening in. Now go make a better place to live. <laughs>